0: Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true-life stories about sex told by audience members at Smutslams around the world. Smutslam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows, founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smutslam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show.
1: there this is your host Cameron Moore I'm coming to you live from Winnipeg in Canada where I am performing at the Winnipeg Fringe Festival for the next week and a half. I'll tell you more about that later. Right now, we just want to focus on Smut Slam. Today's episode was recorded in Copenhagen back in May with the theme of Feral. Now, for those of you who don't know how the live show works, basically people show up at the door, we encourage them to sign up to tell a story, and then one at a time we draw their names out of the hat. So they don't always know what's going on. They're like not really ready for it, even though. They put their their slip in, you know, consensually, and I don't know what's going on. So it's just always full of surprises, and no more so than this show in Copenhagen. Again, the theme was feral, which means that it was quite kink and BDSM heavy. That is, pet play, needle play, biting, just brace yourself is what I'm trying to say. Unusually, also, all the storytellers you're going to hear today were women, um... I know for a fact, because I was there, that there were people of other genders telling stories, but the people who agreed to have their stories on the podcast were all women, so there you have it. In between the stories, we have The Fuck Bucket Sessions, basically people, if they don't feel empowered to come up to the microphone themselves to tell their story, they'll drop a little something into the fuck bucket anonymously. It's questions or confessions that I share, I read out loud, maybe I can answer the questions myself, but I like to turn them around to the audience, too. So that's what's coming up between the stories, the fuck buckets. Altogether, it's a real roller coaster, as always, so strap in, and I will see you on the other side what is animal play
0: what is animal play i'll tell you what i know about it if there's anyone in the audience who feels safe talking about you can chip in animal play is basically uh you could do it in costume or not but it's like playing around with some of the sort of the some of the sort of activities or relationships or like I think it's a top and bottom thing also because you've got, like, the owner, you've got the pet owner, and you've got the pet, and they're kind of responsible for the pet, usually. Um, we don't. I've never heard of anyone being like, I'm the wild tiger and you're the dead animal trainer. That doesn't happen.
2: <laughs> it might now, right?
0: <laughs> I've never heard of it going that direction. Usually the owner is being very, like, careful and cautious with their pet. Can me cat, cats and dogs, cat play and puppy play, are like the very most common ones um but i've certainly seen like lizards and dinosaurs make a rare appearance in this in the pet play arena they just want to bask on a fucking log for like nine hours a day um so all that is is like there's like all that to me what this implies is playing around with sort of the the sort of the uh, sometimes it's the accessories, you know, the food dish, the leash. Sometimes you have like actual ears or masks that you put on. Sometimes you have ways of modifying your hands so you can't pick things up in the same way, like you know, dogs and cats don't have opposable thumbs. Except, gotta love those polydactyl cats. Yeah, but uh, but like so so there's ways of modifying your uh, appearance and functionality of your body a little bit. Um, I guess pony play falls in this category too. So, you know, wearing the bridle, putting a little cl- cloppy things on your, on your wearing the, you know, so that's kind of the direct way. Now, what people go beyond that, if they want to explore like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck my lizard. Uh, <laughs> They, they might. I don't know. It's not because it's imaginary, right? No actual lizards were harmed during the production of this sex scene, right? So, like, like that really depends on what people into. Most of the time, it's like a fantasy thing—a play with the care, a play with the accessories, a play with the language. Coochie coo. Oh, let me rub your fuzzy belly. You know, that's what it is.
2: When I was growing up, my parents weren't particularly fond of pets. But I loved animals. So I begged and I whined, and finally they caved in and they let me have a hamster and a goldfish. And I showered those little suckers with so much love and adoration and attention. But admittedly, what I really wanted was a cat. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. But my parents said, oh, that's too much work, and they smell, and um, So I didn't get a cat, but I kept thinking about cats, and I like admired them for their majestic beauty, and their fiery independence, and their graceful agility. And I was like, oh, cats, <clears throat> Um And what I m- admired most of all about them was their like wild nature. And I know, like, technically they're domesticated or whatever, but I'm thinking, ah, oh, cats fucking feral, man. Woo! And um, I think maybe it was also such a stark contrast to who I was, because I was, like, ooh, kind of awkward, bumbling kid who felt a little embarrassed about just generally taking up space. And I think maybe I had this idea that if I had a cat, some of that, like, confident kitty-cat awesomeness would, like, rub off onto me. So that's, you know, kind of what I was hoping. But anyway, then I eventually became an adult, yay. And um, I was allowed to have a cat. Except I ended up having a partner I lived with who was totally freaking allergic to cats. Damn it. Um... So whatever, I, like, buried the kitty cat dream. And um, anyway, some time went by, and then these fantasies started. Um, Like, at first it was really tame. Like, I just kind of imagined getting some ears on. Maybe somebody petting my head a little bit. And then gradually they got, like, more elaborate and quite a bit filthier and then I was like is this a thing
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I don't know so I like google it yeah it's a thing it's a really popular thing and I had no idea and turns out there's lots of accessories and I love accessories <laughs> so I'm like buying like ears and tails and collars and leashes, all all sorts of things but um Now I just need somebody to play with. Um, Luckily, I have a very kinky and open-minded boyfriend who'd never tried anything like this, but was willing to give it a go. So these two, like, kitten play noobs go for it. And there was meowing and purring, and there was licking and scratching and biting and, like, prowling and... and pouncing and it was just like whoa and it just felt like that like awkward bumbling kid had like transformed into this feline sex goddess and I was just like whoa I'm fucking feral (laughs) and you know when I look back on it I think maybe it was actually an okay thing that my parents didn't let me have that cat. (laughs) Maybe I took all that external admiration that I have for cats and then I, like, channeled it inwards. So I didn't need to own a cat. I basically became a cat. And instead of this whole, like, like, admiring kitty cat awesomeness from afar... I realized I am kitty cat awesomeness, actually. Yeah. Um, and um, just to wrap it up with um, sort of a pseudo quote from, well, a slightly adapted quote from Helen Reddy: "I am pussy, hear me roar." Thank you.
0: that's great you know but it's funny because if you spend a whole lot of time on the internet you know damn well there's a whole massive genre of cat videos where the cats are not graceful at all (laughs) those are my favorite those are the ones that i'm working hard to embody like oh, i meant to do that I've been living in an ethically non-monogamous relationship for five years, and have recently fallen in love with one of my play partners. So I guess you can say that I'm polyamorous now. I'm super happy. There's a heart. Well, I'm waiting for Hallmark to catch up with the greeting cards for this sort of thing. (laughs) Welcome to polyamory. There's going to be like a pop-up thing in the middle, right? Some kind of, obviously pop-ups have to, yeah why has that not been done has that been done greeting cards for the kinksters and shit get on it okay i'm giving you this idea gratis i already do a lot of projects i don't need to take that on it's not my forte but um oh gosh darn it cameron you are the best i love you heart you are my hero exclamation mark
3: So, I am uh, what you call a switch, sometimes top, or sometimes bottom. And uh, for the first time, I experienced being 100% in subspace and 100% in top space at the same time.
2: Wow.
3: <laughs> so, this was uh, a party recently. A lot of kinky, awesome people. Uh, and I went there with a D type. You want to call that maybe a decision-making type of person. Um, And I decided to be on my very, very best behavior. So I served him his food. Very nice. And just, in general, in a very pleasing mode the entire evening. At one point, I uh, ended up coming over and just sitting on the floor with him. Uh, This was right after somebody threw stuff on the floor and told me to pick it up somebody i didn't know and was in no relationships so almost like a villain wow. thank you <laughs> so at this point i kind of got a little overwhelmed so i went over and sat on the floor on a little blanket and while i was sitting there just getting scratched behind the ears maybe purring a little bit this gorgeous woman that I know a little bit sat next to me and we started talking and she told me about her jealousy against my, um, so I have this thing where if people put needles in my chest, uh, the effect lasts kind of uh, <laughs> a long while. And she was a little bit jealous, she liked needles, but the moment people like, pull them out of her, it, like, the effect would go away. We were discussing this and I kind of asked her what about uh, bee stings? which is when you, instead of just putting in a needle, you will inject sterile water and sort of make like a little bubble, which really hurts. And she was like, yeah, she tried that once. It was really, really great. And actually lasted a long time. And I was just still sitting here on the floor being in my little sub bubble. And I thought, hey, I recently learned how to do that. Maybe if I get permission, and if you would like to, do you want me to make some bee stings with you? She said yes. So I very politely asked my D-type person, do you, do you have needles and the water and could I maybe, if, you, if I'm really nice, play with this gorgeous lady? <laughs> and he said yes. Of course you can. So we went into the room next door. He sat down on a couch and took out the whole suitcase. <laughs> And I was really excited and told her to lie down on the floor on her back and uh, then I straddled her and then he would uh, give me a little napkin to clean off and then he would choose a needle and I would accept it from him and slowly insert the needle, insert the water and watch her response, <laughs> just buckling and screaming with, well, pain, joy. Kind of both. And he was looking very, very proud of me. So I took out the needle and poked her a little bit. And she buckled a little bit. And I scratched her. And maybe I bit her. And then I told her that she was allowed to come. So she did. And then I looked at him. He looked very, very proud. And then he passed me another needle. And we repeated this process a couple of times. The scratches became a little bit deeper. The bite marks also. And uh, after a while, I don't think she could take any more. So I slowly put my hand on her chest, touching the five bee stings I had made, and stepped off, curled up into my uh, lovely D-type, and pulled her towards me. So she was lying on my lap and all of us were shaking. He stroked my hair and then he allowed me to come as well.
0: That's the story. (laughs) Thank you. So I just want to say, First of all, it's the wonderful thing about Smutslam for me. One of the wonderful things is it for me is that because it's basically crowdsourced dirty stories with people coming up to tell stories from all different walks of life with different kinds of experiences in their own lives, it's like I can learn something. I didn't know – I knew that was a thing, but I didn't know there was a name for it, b So that's useful information. Thank you so much. The other thing uh, that I <laughs> that I really – love about recording for the podcast is like there's no way to capture the big eyes batting your eyelashes (laughs) unless you consider that an important plot point of your story and you mention it the audience there at home doesn't know what kind oh my god it was like Disney it was like Disney it was like that fucking puss in boots cat like suddenly the eyes go big wow live action animation (laughs) Any tips on how to swallow? Tips on how to swallow, I don't, I'm i not quite sure. Don't answer, this is supposed to be anonymous. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure what they're getting at. Tips on how to swallow gracefully? Mm-hmm. Tips on how to swallow particularly offensive, like smelling pee? Like, I don't know what's what's going on here. Do it. Um, um, Obviously, if you're if you're swallowing people's fluids, you want to make sure everyone's tested. If you're really sitting there going like, I don't know, that stuff is so strong, give it a chance with some pineapple pineapple uh, chunks like four four hours beforehand. Have a little fruit salad with your person. Uh, We got a hand raised over here, I believe. Yes. Professionally, you work with patients who have a hard time swallowing. (laughs) Yes. We'll start Don't be dry. Don't be dry mouth, yeah. right? You wanna like go ahead and like yeah. get a little water, maybe drink a water. Like with water stuff like that, like that will get your own fluids going. Get your own fluids going. It's not just the fluid going into your mouth. Yeah, Oh, I was thinking like pineapple chunks take a little while to like get the you know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. This is like professional medical tips here never thought about it. What do you got?
4: Yes.
3: If it's in your mouth, then it's a shorter way down
0: than out. Then back out because then you're tasting it twice. You're tasting it twice. Oh God. Yeah. So it's
2: just practical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I for one, if you're if you're if the taste thing concerns you, I don't let it linger on my tongue. I gulp that down. Like I am dying of thirst. So like an oyster. No one well I do chew oysters. I do chew oysters, but you know. That's just me, weirdo. Yeah, okay. Uh, anybody else? That's how you swallow. <laughs> you don't say, ooh gross, okay? You don't say, ooh gross, unless you know them really well, and you're like, honey, you didn't eat the pineapple salad that I made for you a few hours ago. That's okay, but, like, generally, if it's a new person, you just, like, swallow it down and just get on with it. What's that? You can deep roll Oh, and, and bypass the tongue yeah. entirely. <laughs> you know, like, when you know that they're getting ready to come, Get, like go for the deep plugging up the throat yes. and just it's gonna and have a glass of water there you go practical things that you can take home tonight i stepped in to a really crowded
4: room it was one of my very first big sex parties about a hundred people i knew a lot of them and i was trying to be really sociable and like cute and nice and i was wearing A really cute little body stocking like off the shoulder. There was a little frill. Maybe it's a thing that I have going on in my life. And I felt so cute. And I was chatting to everyone. And I didn't really have a plan of what was going to happen. And then he stepped into the room. And I saw him. And we locked eyes. And I was like, this is a Hollywood moment. What is going on? But I was chatting to people, and I was being sociable, and I was like, "Ah, you know, I'm just going to stand over here and be cute. And he kept looking at me, and he had this intense eye contact, and I felt like the whole room disappeared. And we hadn't spoken, and I asked my friend, like, do you know who he is? She's like, no, I don't know who he is. So I asked someone else, and I was like, no, I don't know who he is. But he kept staring at me. And it was that kind of stare when you know that like, okay, yes, this is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be interesting. But like, should we chat first? Do we, I was quite new. So I was like, do you want to know his name? Do I, like when he's staring at me in that way, there was such a like wild energy in his stare. And I was like, do I go over and say, hi, I'm Kama. Nice to meet you. Like, was that going to ruin it? So I chatted along and I was in this conversation and you know, when you're talking to someone and they're telling you a story and you're not listening, I didn't catch any of it. And it was a heartfelt story and a good friend. And I was like trying to be there, but he was just like, and he was moving closer. And then we had this, like it kept going throughout the evening and then he comes up to me, and without asking for my name or who I was or how I was doing, he kissed me, and then he bit my neck, and I melted. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, please. And I'm a big. Uh, I like telling people when I like th- like the thing that's going on. I like vocally saying it. I like this because you can say no to a lot of things, but when you say yes to the thing that's going on like that is a turn on for me. And I said, "Yes, please give me more." And he left bite marks over my entire body. It was like a wolf just eating me up and I felt so wild and so feral because his energy just sort of like went all over me and I leave this party without knowing what his name was but with these wonderful beautiful bite marks everywhere and the next day I get a a message from a friend who says I think my friend met you yesterday, and he wanted to know how, how his marks were doing. <laughs> could, you, could you send a picture to this number? And I was like, "Oh shit, is it Do I introduce myself now? Is this it? Or do I just send a picture of all my bike marks? So loads of time goes on, and I kind of like it was a wonderful thing that just happened there, and it stayed there, and it was beautiful for what it is. And then I went to another party recently. And this guy comes up to me and says, hi, how are you doing? How are you? It's been a while. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Like, what's going on? And then he said, oh, um, I bit you once and you sent me beautiful marks, beautiful pictures of your marks. And I just want to say that made me really happy. And I, I I appreciate those pictures. That was a really nice evening. And then we chatted and he didn't beg me again. And that was really sad. But it was a moment of wild, feral enthusiasm that has uh, set a standard for the uh, kind of sex that I want to explore in my life.
0: I love it when my boyfriend pretends to be a big, scary monkey. (laughs) That's animal play. That's animal play. Silverback gorilla break you over his knee as soon as look at you. I was a late bloomer to the kink scene, but made a FetLife Life profile in 2019 to jump in. The first session I had with my Dom, he warned me that I would be slapped, tied, abused, and fucked for eight to 10 hours. I thought he was joking but he was not.
2: Yeah.
5: I'm very much in control all the time. I'm basically the opposite of Feral, um, but I really do enjoy letting go. And um, what I've always known that uh, I get the most drunk when I'm in costume. So, Festa alone, Halloween, it's my, it's my thing. And uh, so I thought um, I had an opportunity to go on a uh, blindfolded first date. And um, it, he reached out, and I first rejected him, uh, but then thought, what could happen? Because he was very professional about it. So beforehand, we discussed do's and don'ts. What are my limits? What could happen during the night? And um, I am so so nervous when I show up. This is so not something I would ever do. But he opens the door, he stands behind it. I'm let into his apartment. I go into his open apartment and he puts a blindfold over my face. I have barely seen his apartment, but I'm told to strip naked and let him be in control. So I do. For what I know, the evening will begin with a massage. But what I didn't know would it be involving chains. Oh. So, like, like right now, my heart is racing so hard. I get a bit of deja vu because my heart was doing the same by then. But I am, um, I'm chained to a massage table and the massage begins and I'm very relaxed. He knows what he's doing. I am, uh, when I let go, I make noise. (laughs) (laughs) Probably more than uh, someone in an an apartment should do. I live in a house now, so I don't have any neighbors. And um, he notices and he says, there's a family upstairs, this doesn't work. So he asks me politely, can I uh, put some tape over your mouth? I can recommend it. <laughs> I said, sure, but what happens now with uh, consent and if I want to stop? Like, how do we take this further? And he says to me, I have something. So he goes rummaging about. I'm like, what, what is he doing? What is happening? And he puts something into my chained hand. And he tells me, press this button if you want to stop. I'm like, okay, Sure. And uh, he then proceeds to do what he does best. And I'm shaking violently. I'm screaming behind my tape. It's probably some of the best pleasure I've ever had. And, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And because I'm in so much control, I can pretty much only orgasm with, with my own help. But at some point, he he makes me orgasm for the first time, mm-hmm. and I am shaking so violently. I accidentally press the button. <laughs> My orgasm sounds like this: ding dong. <laughs> ding dong. It was the doorbell, and um, he he takes the tape off. He takes the chains away, like I'm sorry. Like did you do? Did I do something? I'm like, no, no. Continue. <laughs> And, um, there's much more to that story, but I only have five minutes, but yeah, that was it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Round of applause. Who has had sex in a church? All right. Time to get up. There's your, (laughs) there's your, uh, Add that to your summer to-do list. Church ruins count. I also think that orchards abutting a church property count. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's cool, but like, it's not, it's not in a church. Nope. 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 That intersects with other stuff going on there. I'm talking about church, church past or present. Uh, yeah. Okay. Most of the time, the churches are opened.
6: No, not in the city, but in this little town.
1: Because you
0: don't know when the spirit is going to overcome you. <laughs> <laughs> and God works in mysterious ways, like forgetting the key back at the farm.
6: Well, Jesus said to love uh, everybody.
0: Jesus said to love everybody. Fuck you.
6: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jesus
0: said
7: to love. Oh, that's so cute. I'm super new to the kink scene, as in, like, less than a year old, so I'm a baby. So this is a story from before the dark times. Uh, So when I thought about feral, I thought, like, animalistic. So I was like, I have a story about that. But then when you mentioned feral being, like, oh, like, changing from, like, innocent to, like, out of control, then I'm like, maybe I'm the feral one. I don't know. So this starts a couple years ago in the nice exotic land of Lungbi. Um, in the amazing little town of you know, DTU so I'm hanging out with one of my friends, having a little red wine day, talking about childhood trauma, shit like that and then then we thought let's crash the party because engineering parties are the bomb.com you should definitely do it so we go find this party, it's a birthday party and we're like, yeah, why not, we don't know anybody let's party, yeah, yeah, yeah and since I have five minutes, this is a super TLDR version there was a lot of stuff so I want to keep things anonymous, so I'll call my wonderful friend that I was having wine with. He's my lovely gay friend. He's feral man number one. So he's trying to flirt with feral man number two. And feral man number two is like, I'm not about that, but that girl is cute. And I'm like, why? Um, Then feral man number three comes up, and we go up an elevator. He starts ferociously making out with me and i'm like we're up two floors holy shit what the hell's going on we go into his room i was like something's gonna happen no i don't remember i was drunk i'm on the like the the rooftop all, all of a sudden holding a watermelon <laughs> I, don't, I don't know and i'm just caressing this watermelon then feral man number four are we at number four feral number number four tries to seduce me by speaking japanese and i'm like oh my god dude i'm taiwanese man
0: um <laughs> <laughs>
7: But lucky for him, I'm a weep, So I'm instantly seduced and then he makes out with me. Um, then he's like, hey, want to come into my room? I'm like, yes, I really need to piss. So we go to his room and he's like, something's going to happen. I was like, I'm going to pee my pants. I don't pee my pants. I pee. I come back out. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm missing feral man number one. I'll be right back. And this is like three o'clock in the morning at this point. And I go to feral man number one. And he's like, let's go. Okay, we're walking. He's like, you know what i still want to make out with feral man number two let's go for him i'm like this is aggressive but okay we find him we go into his room he gives us water very nicely and he's like you know what nikki and feral man number two you guys should make out i'm like what the fuck man and then then this is when i thought the feral thing you know he's you know grabs me and pushes me onto his kitchen thingy he's in a single room i don't freaking know With like a ton of dirty dishes because he's an engineer or something. And so like making out with me, clawing at me. And I'm like. And then we hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, shit. And I hide behind the wall. And feral man number four comes. He's like, is Jocelyn here? And I'm like. "Ah." (laughs) And all of a sudden this feral man one, two, four, and me. So a gay man, two straight men, me, straight woman. So TLDR version, um, all clothes come off. Yes. I'm living life to the fullest, yes. as an up there, in there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, very full. Yes. And pharaoh Man number one is like, you know, I, I had a girlfriend before I realized I was gay, so I've never, you know, touched a woman or had anything. I, I was sucking his dick, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> well endowed. Probably the... I won't say anything more. Um, So, towards like the end of the night, this is not even the end of the night. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. We're going at it. And all of a sudden, last thing you know, being living life to the fullest. First, feral man number one comes on my back. And then he wipes it off for me. And I was like, this is the most gentleman thing out of any guy that has ever done anything with me. Feral man number two, three, two, three. Fuck. One of them comes on my boobs. And one of them comes inside of me. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. Uh, and then walking the walk of shame, you know. Like,
0: fame, <laughs> fame. no hackle, no hackle, go.
7: No no. Fame. Walking like this. Because everything is just kind of like, wow, what's happening?
0: <laughs>
7: uh my friend and I took a shower together, then we realized bite marks, claw marks all over our body. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, I don't know, Jocelyn. And I'm like, what have we done? He's like, we never speak of this again. <laughs> He's not here tonight. (laughs) That is it.
0: Once again, I feel that we might need, in order to make the podcast a more accessible experience, we need to have some action description happening. So when Jocelyn was going... uh, uh, she was waving her arms like an octopus that was looking for the other six arms, and it was just kind of like a floppy sort of fuck octopus on stage. And uh, that... that, yeah. <laughs> Wrong out, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to hit a couple more fuck-buckets here. Aw. Owning my slut-hood, I have a blowjob spot in my garden. <laughs> It is the season, right? It's gardening and gardening naked, and it's like, we just passed the Maypole, which is all about fucking get that blowjob in the garden and fertilize the soil. Yeah. I was on call with my wife while getting a blowjob from her friend. Oh. She got to know about us uh, after some time, and she was happy, and we planned a threesome. It was fun. Wow. Wow. I've always known that I was a kinkster, but lived in my teens and 20s outside big cities with little acceptance for latex fetishes, BDSM, come play, et When I was 24, I nearly died in a motorcycle accident and was hospitalized for three months. This time in the hospital made me realize that I needed to get my kink on and that my sex life is serious because you may die in a minute and life is fragile. Don't hesitate to get out there. Go. (laughs)
1: There you have it. What did I tell you? Really sharp stuff in there coming to us from our Copenhagen Smut Slam folks. I want to give some specific shout-outs and thank-yous for the folks who made this episode possible. First of all, our venue in Copenhagen, Rohuset, is super sweet. They're really good about everything, and they make it possible to get in good with recording and audience support. Also, Anna McMurdo, who is my floor manager there, in Copenhagen, she does just about everything during the show, so I can concentrate on working with the crowd. Also, Stevie T and Anya, who are part of the admin team in Copenhagen. And in a larger way, I need to thank Jess from the Reykjavik Smutslam team. She has been logging in and transcribing a lot of materials for us here on the podcast I don't mean transcribing exactly. It's just putting down time marks and notations for when things happen. It's really important for producing a podcast, and we try to do it as we go. But sometimes we just have the raw material, and Jess has been processing that for us. Thank you so much, Jess. Our next slams coming up in the Smut Slam Network are as follows. Take your notes. Calgary on August 7th. That's my birthday. Yeah. Uh, Boston on August 8th. And then in Berlin, the Smut Slam team is doing it again with guest host Antita Kohl, um, August twenty first at the at the Villa Curiosum. There it's outdoor slam. So yeah, Berlin is keeping it keeping it going with like guest hosts throughout the summer while I'm away on tour. That's amazing. Thanks, y'all. And finally, um, our Tel Aviv host uh, Dan is taking Smut Slam. On the road to Haifa um, on August 29th. So we are really all over the map of this month. And uh, I'm super excited. So if you know people in those locations, drop them a line and let them know Smutslam is coming their way. If you need to keep up on that, the website for Smutslam has all the details. Go to the directory Um, on smutslam.com and that will tell you everything you need to know about what's upcoming for me and i'm on the fringe like i said earlier if you're here in canada now's a great time to find me i just finished doing montreal ottawa and toronto fringe festivals i'm right in the middle of winnipeg fringe and i'll be in calgary edmonton and Vancouver for those fringes as well. So you can find out more about that tour at CameronMooreMuse.com if you want to see what else I can do besides encourage people to tell dirty stories. With Muse, which is storytelling plus life drawing, I encourage people to draw. (laughs) It's all about encouraging and supporting people. That's really what it is. Finally, I want to say that we are currently on the prowl for sponsors. If your company or your organization likes what we do here at Smut Slam and you would like to support our ongoing podcast to make this sort of infotainment available widely for places even that don't have live Smut Slams. If you want to get involved in supporting that, you should definitely talk to us. You can drop us a line on the website, cam- uh, not can't, not my website, you want to go to smutslam.com, or you can direct email me at littleblackbookproductions at com. That's littleblackbookproductions at gmail.com if you've got a lead for someone who would like to support our stuff. Obviously, Enjoy Toys does the lion's share of that work and has done since 2010, but You know, we're going forward, we're growing and expanding, and we definitely need the support. So thanks for looking out for us. Thanks to everyone who is uh, listening in on a regular basis to Your Life is Awesome. Make sure you spread the word, share the link with your people.
6: And remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seystedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about Smutslam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.